Hey, what's going on, guys? Big Duke here, one-third member of the legendary group, The Hogsman. And you know, you know what's really burning my bacon right now? Today, for example. You got about 500 to 1,000 asshats going down to the state capitol here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, protesting the stay-at-home order. Like, come on, dude. Guys and gals. You got, if anything, you guys are making it fucking worse. All because you want you guys want to go out and give hand jibbers and to the next guy or gal at the bar for a free drink? Just fucking stay home. It's not that hard. Stay home, watch Netflix, get your fuck on, and but and sooner or later this whole thing will be over. And then you can go to the bar and give all the hand jibbers you want. God. Now it's time for the podcast. As I take hits from the bar. Rising sun to just north of the border, strong style meets street style on this very podcast with the Saitama Saint, the Osaka superstar, the Mad Titan of Tokyo, the American Kaiju. A double your pleasure, double your fun, because right now you get two Hogsmen for the price of one. He's the hombre with no nombre, mi hermano from another mamo. He's the world's greatest Rudo, El Numero Uno! That's right, you're listening to two of the three Hogsmen. Big Duke, he couldn't make it this episode, he'll try and make it the next one. But you are listening to Southern California's El Numero Uno pro wrestling themed podcast. We ain't the first to do it. We just do it that much goddamn better. And we're brought to you today by, once again, 10 Barrel Brewing, Pub Beer, Cheap Fun Beer, What's Up? And uh, we also got, uh, once again, the Lucha Redneck, Hunter Freeman with us. Hunter, what up? What's up, Devin? You turned about as red as my backdrop here during that uh, <laughs> intro. <laughs> that was good. I got. I have to do it. I have to do it louder and longer every single time. I'll see how many neighbors I can wake up. That's the, that's the goal here. <laughs> Thanks, brother. And uh, today is April 20th, Monday, April 20th, 420, 420. gentlemen. I don't know how many guys are uh, celebrating it. I, I'm not really a, uh, a celebrator of today. Nah, mm-hmm. I'm not either. I like to get drug tested. But hey, <laughs> if it's your thing, I, I voted for it. Great. Go do it. Have fun. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How, uh, Dev, how's the week been? How's the, is this week five of the quarantine? What, what do we got going on here? I lost track. Teddy, where are we at? So, uh, by my count, one, two, three, four. Thursday will be six weeks that I've been, uh, safer at home. So, week five. Jesus. Okay. And, and shit's about to hit the fan with people because now you got protesters <laughs> out there. The next thing that starts happening is rioting. 
Uh, well, we already so. saw people going and uh, and buying all the guns up, right? That happened like week two. Uh, yes, I believe so. So nothing I'm, scary with that, right? That's just totally normal and cool. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's weird. I I, uh, I, I get their frustrations. I get their frustrations because we all got it. Uh, but still, I'm just. I wish I, I believed in anything enough to go protest because I don't think I do. What about uh, what about if the American Kaiju had lost Promo Mania round one? Would you have protested that? Uh, yes, I would have because uh, you did a hell of a job, Devin. I want to say congratulations on your first round win against Ooh, a very you. tough opponent in Danhausen. And uh, I'll say this, man. Uh, Danhausen, he didn't put as much uh, effort into his overall video of, uh, as you. But man, that that guy knows his character, and he does a great job. Yeah, he knows his character pretty dang well, and I thought for sure his fans were going to come out and uh, and uh, and support him in droves. But uh, I don't know. I guess maybe the uh, the fans of the Hogsman podcast stepped it up a little more. So I hope he, so, man. He uh, he was in a, a Sports Illustrated article that dropped today too, I think, or yesterday. And I thought, I'm like, damn, dude, anyone who's going to get redirected from that article is going to come in and vote and, you know, donate a buck or two and, and get him in for the win. But uh, what can I say? Who'd he ever beat? You know what I mean? <laughs> Kaiju pulled it out. Congratulations once again, man. Moving on. Hopefully the Hogsman can pull it off against the uh, Warhorse in yeah. our first round opening. And you I never think- know, Dev. It could be the Hogsman. Versus Evan Sparks. It it could be and it should be because if anyone can beat me, it's me. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm hoping for. If it if if I can't do it, nobody can. Well, who's going over, the Hogsman or Devin Sparks? Get the fuck out of here! Are you kidding me? I'll take the pin for the Hogsman just so that I get all the solo shine right there. <laughs> we'll call we'll we'll call the finish in the ring. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, that that's uh, it's cool to see that finally that that finally. Uh, uh, debuted the promo mania. We've been talking about that for a couple weeks now. And, yeah, man. Uh, I think it was it's kind of up in the air. We were like, when's this starting? It's supposed to be starting last week, well, but it didn't. But hey, it, it's well, on there. Let's direct uh, anyone listening to the podcast, A, who hasn't added us on uh, on Twitter and Instagram, please do it. My uh, Twitter account is at Devin Sparks on Instagram. I'm at American Kaiju. Mike, you want to plug yours real quick? Uh, Twitter, uh, at Mike camden 82 and then instagram mike underscore camden yeah come follow us dude we uh i've been trying to promote as much as i can about promo mania on there they they had some issues getting off the ground i think it was supposed to be originally on twitch and then it wasn't and then i got hit up last second hey we're going live in two days i'm like okay cool you guys are up first great i'm a little pissed here's why i'm sick of this mustache (laughs) and if we're not doing shows (laughs) I don't want it anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to, I was actually, I was going to shave it off on this. I was going to bring the clippers in here. Like, what's up guys. And now I don't think I can. Cause we did round one and we got round two. And, uh, it, this thing is so ungodly if you don't have like mustache wax in it. So it's, you look like a sad walrus. You know what I mean? Like a sad alcoholic <laughs> walrus that's just limp dick mustache hairs floating down your face. And it's so sad. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, man, I'm happy that Pro Mania took off at the same time. I was so ready to shave this stupid thing. Well, you're doing it, kid. You're doing it. You're living up to the name. <sighs> you're living up to the uh, the reputation. You did a great job. Thanks, brother. 
a lot of news in the wrestling world uh, this this past week. A lot of uh, layoffs from New York, aka WWE. Um, Stanford, but you know, right? Yeah, Ted doesn't know wrestling talk, so he doesn't get it. <laughs> territory, dog. It's the territory. Territory. Sure. By the way, we but didn't I, even we didn't even introduce producer Ted. So producer Ted's back. Hey you guys, heard his voice once. Yeah. But thanks for doing everything you do and making this podcast awesome. At Hogsman Pod, Twitter and Instagram. By the way, remind him. Thank you. So. What were you going to say? Can, can we stop? And on YouTube. Jesus. Okay. We'll do that at the end. All right, do it at the um, end. Anyways, uh, yeah, so WWE, a lot of layoffs, man. A lot of layoffs, long list of people. Uh, Dev, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, you had to see this coming, right? I don't think this was... A lot of people were so mad and so furious, and, like, I get that. Um, but they're a live events-based company, and the country can't currently host any live events, so they can't travel. They can't, you know, bring in gate. They're not selling merch at the door. You know, they can't charge for autograph signings and stuff and all, all the things that they <clears throat> typically do. You got to figure, you know, there's money tied into these venues. Who knows what kind of deal they're getting on the back end? Maybe people are paying them to come in. You, you don't know. Uh, like like the Saudi Arabia gigs. So, um, you don't know what kind of money they're making off those live events. And, dude, it only makes sense. It was only a matter of time that uh, that people were getting laid off and, and people were so pissed because the day before, right? I think it was the, the day before they had floated something like $10 million to some Florida governor campaign or something like that where where they were considered essential workers and people were pissed about that. Well, hey, guess what, dude? Uh, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but if they didn't float that 10 mil to be you know, an essential worker company, who knows how many layoffs they would have had. You know, we might be looking at half the roster or 75 percent of the roster. If there was if there might be a freeze on on WWE on something completely unprecedented. But, you know, I think they did what they had to do. It's unfortunate. A lot of guys lost their jobs. I think it, it's I think they'll find success. I'm not worried about them not finding success outside of that company. Um, but, uh, yeah, job security is a bitch right now for everyone everywhere. And I think that just proved it. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, on Twitter, it was very active day that day when they they released the list of all the people that got uh, let go and a lot of people were saying this is a dark day and all that kind of stuff and I'll tell you this it's been a dark past four weeks of people getting laid off and I'm not talking about professional wrestlers I'm talking about the common man everybody you know there's a huge number of people that are out of work right now and wrestling just caught up with the common person you know, we, we all, I haven't worked, I, I, I own a small business and I have not been able to uh, work for, you know, since the beginning of March, I haven't collected unemployment. I, I can't collect unemployment. I haven't been able to, I haven't gotten my stimulus check. A lot of people are in the same situation as me. And, you know, it's just, this is, this is just what we're, we're having to deal with right now. And you gotta, you gotta, uh, you got to find your way out of it. You can either sit there and sulk or you got to go, okay, I'm going to get through this. So when people say, oh, this is a dark day. No, it's been a dark fucking month, man. That's, that's all I have to say about that. You know, and, and I, I, I feel bad for all the wrestlers, you know, who got let go. But I feel like a good majority of them are going to get picked up by other companies because there's a lot of value in them. Uh, I think Zack Ryder is, is going to get picked up by AEW and kill it over yeah. there. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think the smart fans over at AEW 
know what Zack Ryder has done, has been through, how he got himself over and got buried back down, uh, you know, by basically the, the uppers. And I think AEW will snatch him up and, and, and push him to the, to the moon. Yeah, his, his uh, IC title win at Mania uh, a couple years back in the ladder match was one of my favorite moments in WrestleMania for, in, a, in a long time. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I was I was happy for that, but I, I think yeah, I think it's pretty clear he's going to go to AEW and work a lighter schedule, probably get paid you know a similar amount and and have a good time there. So ho- hopefully, I mean, I think uh, I think you're going to see the uh, the Good Brothers go over there too, right? Makes sense, right? Reunite with with the elite, or maybe go back to Japan. Who knows? I th- uh, I think so. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of those guys are in good shape. A couple Rusev was one that I couldn't believe he got let go. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's some backstage heat going on there, but dude, he must have pissed off somebody in the office, man, because they pushed him pretty good. And I thought him and Lana, when she was doing the Russian thing, they were fantastic. Like she could cut a good promo in that character. Her and Zeb Coulter going back and forth uh, during their little feud was, was good TV. And then this whole thing with like, her constantly cheating on him with like, first it was like Dolph Ziggler. Then it was Bobby Lashley. Then, uh, uh, Liv Morgan. It's like, at what point do you go, hey, man, guys, this this storyline is shit. It's dead. Like, what are we doing here? You know, but... You'd think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. But uh, another person I saw that uh, that was on that list was, uh, her name is MJ Jenkins. And she uh, she never made it to the main roster. I'm not even sure if she really ever debuted on N- uh, NXT. But she was at my uh, my tryout. And the way they have you uh, in order at, at uh, WWE tryouts is your last name, um, the first letter. And she was literally the person right in front of me. And it was funny because her number was like 37, 38. And my number was 40. And that was, and she was right in front of me. So, the, you know, think about it. There was three or four people that didn't show up. So weird. It's weird, man. It's weird. So what you're saying is you you hold her personally accountable for you not getting signed? No, no, no. She was a no joke. She was a fantastic girl. Uh, she was very cool. Like to be like you know being next to her in line was uh, yeah. was was very nice because she's she's very energetic, very good person. And uh, it's it sucked to see her on that that list, but you know I'm sure she'll uh, she'll find success somewhere else. But uh, yeah, good luck to her. Yeah, yeah. Good luck to uh, to everyone. Hopefully, hopefully they get to pull it out. Keep uh keep your chin up and roll with the punches because it could be it could be a while even for WWE to get back to things. I was reading I, I was reading something that said LA might wait until 2021 before there's live events again, which would be insane to me for the entertainment capital of the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like uh, so, we'll see, Anyways, man. Hunter, let's get a hot take from Hunter. Yeah, give us a hot take. Sizzle me. But what? <laughs> and that's been Hunter's hot take, everybody. But I do, I do have a question for you guys. Yeah. So, being all the releases and everything, like that, when we are finally able to go back to work and start wrestling again, all these releases, I think it will actually be pretty cool that now you have guys who have been, you know, working for the big companies, and they come back to the indies. And cause, I mean, just think about it: when Rey Mysterio came back to the indies and look at how much he uh, he told us uh, you heard this before mike how much fun he said he had when he came back so i think that'll actually kind of rejuvenate those guys a little bit even though 
Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're not getting the paycheck. But, again, they're back on the indies having fun. They're not really having to, I, I guess, go by a, a script or anything like that. But they're, they're, they're back working again, so to speak. Well, a lot of these guys were used like shit anyway, right? I mean, any anything you're seeing on that. I, how many times did you roll your eyes at anything that the Good Brothers <laughs> were involved in the last couple of years? You know what I mean? You're like, come on, man. These guys can work. This is the problem. This is the problem with WWE, you know, hoarding wrestlers. And let's say, Devin, you got offered a contract for, by WWE, right? And you're making a pretty good living. You're making a pretty good living on the indies. You know, you're getting bookings. You're uh, you're pretty popular on the indies. And thank all of a sudden, WWE, WWE says, hey, here's a contract. And, you know, you got to outweigh it. Like, okay, great. It's you're, you, you know, the good thing is you're signed with WWE. That's the, the biggest company uh, on the planet, basically. But yet, what if you... What if you just get, you know, buried underneath the pile of, of all, all the wrestlers they already have? So it can either go against you or for you. It's, it's a flip of the coin well, <clears throat> when you sign with them. What's kind of crazy is this. I, I happened when I was in Japan, I was there for um, at a weird time um, in the life of I, the, the Young Bucks. I was there at the time when they were going through their contract dispute and um, not dispute, but trying to figure There was where are they going to sign? Are they going to ROH? They stand in New Japan. You know, there was talks that WWE had offered them money. And I'm I'm, I'm assuming they've talked about this at this point. Uh, but Nick kind of let us in, me and Rick, in on everything. He was telling us the numbers and this is what they're offering, this is what they're offering. It would be unprecedented here. And um, I think that was, at the time, was the concern is, what the, what the fuck would they do with us? He didn't cuss. <laughs> what would mm-hmm. they do with us? What would they do with us at WWE? You know, what have they mm-hmm. ever done with their tag division? Um, and yeah, maybe it could be, we're going to ride your back and you're going to re, you know, revamp the tag division or whatever. But I think there was concern there. So that they kind of did a whole, how about we'll show you what we can do. You don't need to tell us what we can do. We'll show you what we know we can do. And I think a lot of guys have taken that route, um, recently, right? Uh, Joey, Joey didn't take a a signing for, I don't know when he was getting offered. Um, but he did it on his own, right? There's plenty of guys that just did it on their own because they could, and they're making more money that way. They could control their bookings. Um, I think before this whole thing stopped, a lot of guys were interested in that and were relishing the opportunity to do it on their own. So hopefully we'll get back to that, but who knows? I think, uh, you know, the idea of being signed by WWE is, a, you know, obviously it's a goal, I think, for a lot of wrestlers ever since they were a kid. It's a dream to work for that company. But it might not be everything you think it is once you get there. You know, so when you see a lot of these wrestlers asking for their releases and all that kind of stuff, people can't say, like, you know, they, they went there, they experienced what it is to work for that company, and they decided it would just probably be better for them to, to, go, to go somewhere else. And... uh and make a name for themselves. You know, you're more valuable when you come back with a name and you're bringing fans with you. Right. You're a bigger deal. You have, you have more uh, bargaining uh, power, uh, you know, contract, contract negotiations. you got more power. By the way, have you guys seen that? This debuted last night, The Last Dance about the Bulls. No, I didn't see it. I saw it trending, though. Oh, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Anyways, I digress. But anyways, are you saying this is our last dance, Mike? What are you no. trying to say? Mm. You're <laughs> you just nodded yes. Yeah, I don't know. No, no. 
I think every year has the potential to be the last dance. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, man. So with with the WWE, you kind of see what happens when they sign too many people and they don't have enough spots on TV. Bottom line. Ted. Yeah. I, I need you. I need you to get me on this. All right. This was my idea. Uh, you guys let me know if you want to do this. Hopefully, maybe let's get some interactions from the from the listeners. Like, tweet at us. We gave you our, our Twitter address. We gave you the Hogsman Pod uh, Twitter. Contact us. Let us know. I think this would be fun. Uh, I'm a big sports guy. We have um, the NFL draft coming up this week, later this week. I would love to do just like a supplemental podcast, like a one-off, maybe half hour, 40 minutes of a fantasy draft of uh, the available indie talents out there. So if you and I were going head to head, right, who would who would draft the, uh, you know, pick 10 guys to build your roster? And I think that'd be cool because you get you see a lot of layoffs coming up here. You can see a lot of indie talent who's going to be trying to make it on the other side of this. Who's who's who is doing enough to promote their name, uh, you know, during the quarantine? I think that'd be cool. If not, then I'm stupid, but I think it'd be cool. Number one pick is Chris Hero. I'm taking Chris Hero first round. You can, yeah, you can do that. Is there any interest there? Are you asking me or are you just asking Ted? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying Ted to remember. I'm saying mark this down because we can delete this if we need to. But is this of any interest to you? Mike hates it. Look at that face. No, I don't want Look to. Look at that. Do that. Fa- yeah, I don't even do. I don't even do fantasy football. Like I just. It's just. I don't know. Like so. Okay. All right. Let me, so and let, let, let's. So you you draft indie talent to make a promotion, right? So the idea is just this, right? This is my only my only thing. A lot of guys before this were getting snatched up. Everyone, AEW, MLW, Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan, WWE. Obviously, was, was filling up theirs. There's not too many guys left, right? I was just curious. This is just basically my way of saying, who, who do you think are the top guys left on the indies? And who would you build like, okay, if I had to build a company out of that, who, who, who is available that's left that you would want that could be big time? That's my only thought. So how does it play out, though? So like we put a spreadsheet together and then over time we just check that spreadsheet or I mean, yeah. No, it's not actually it's not it's not actual fantasy where we're getting points for it. The idea is just it's just a so this just, is I get the idea of what you're saying. We write down on a piece of paper who you would draft. You would make a promotion out of them. Then you take that piece of paper and you fan your dick with it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's it's really listen, dude. My dick doesn't need a fan. Are you kidding me? That thing is. That thing's out all the time, and I leave the air on at 67 degrees in this house. It's fine. No, the idea was just this. The idea was just this. Put over some guys on the indies that that we like, that we think have what it takes, that could get signed. That was it. We'll delete this now. Thanks for your time. I think this is staying in, dude. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I think it's, I think it's a good idea. First good pick, idea. the Hogsman. Yeah. Second pick, the Hogsman. <laughs> Third pick. You want to put over motherfuckers on the indies? Fourth pick. Not Hunter. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I gave, him, I gave him our Twitter stuff. Hit us up. Also, uh, go ahead and vote in uh, Promo Mania. Last thing. I got one more thing. All right. I told you guys before we started recording, I got my daughter an awesome birthday gift. <laughs> she's going to be three years old. All right. She watches Star Wars with me. Watches the the cartoons with me. Stop laughing. Let me finish this. I got her 
It's a mini R2-D2 by a company called Sphero. And this thing takes off, whizzes, does all the noise, does all the lights and stuff, and it's fully articulated. It's a perfect little droid that you can control and make it do whatever you want. I'm going to make her chase it around the house. She's going to have a great time with it. Is it, is it, is it a remote control car type of thing? Uh, you can control it on an app on your phone. But it's like, it's not, it's not, <laughs> everything about it is awesome. There's nothing about it where you're like, oh, I'm disappointed in this. I'm disappointed in that. Everything about it is amazing. The noises, right. yeah. I'll, I'll send you a video. You didn't get that for your kid. You got it for yourself. Admit it. I got it for me to play with her to make see the smile on her face. You got but, it for yourself. Don't lie. But when, when, I got heat with my when, wife over when it. A kid's, when, a, when a kid's that age, you're allowed to kind of get you get something for yourself that she'll be interested yeah. in too. Oh, yeah, she loves it. You know. she lo- so so she doesn't she when we're watching Star Wars or whatever if R2's not on she's like where did R2 go where or Yoda R2 or Yoda otherwise she doesn't care if they're not on the screen she doesn't care so I'm like all right they don't have baby Yoda right now we'll give her some R2 I thought uh I thought Dev was going to debut some Hogsman uh kids kids uh clothing line but I guess we're going to do it okay with R- R2D2 a onesie oh, or plush stall or something. Happy birthday to your daughter. Happy birthday to her. Thanks, bro. By the way, can we talk about this real quick? So Devin and I uh, on long car rides, uh, especially usually back home from Arizona, when it's real late at night, you've been up all day, you start just talking like a lot of BS. When <laughs> Devin, when Devin's kid, he found out he was having a daughter, uh, him and I had to go over names because Devin's real name. This is this is not Devin's. Devin Sparks is not a, a a work name. That's his real name. Incredible. He was he was gifted the name of a professional wrestler, basically. <laughs> so now when Devin and I were driving home, we're like, he's having a daughter. Okay, her last name's going to be Sparks. We got to be careful here. We got to be careful because <laughs> you know I, I, every name that sounds like a porn star name. Every Remember, name sounds every like a name. porn star name. And we were going over names, and it's like, she, you know, mm-hmm. God damn, this is tough, man. The, the, the only names that, like, we're going over, and we're like, okay, Ingrid. There you go. <laughs> no, one's, no one's popping boners to a girl named Ingrid, all right? We can, we can name her Ingrid. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, I don't know. There's so many that are along the lines of Ingrid. Like Gretchen. But that was some Gretchen. Yeah, yeah, Gretchen. Gretchen, Ingrid. I feel like Eleanor uh, might fall under that. I don't know. You could go by L. Oh, Ellie. that's true. That's yeah. true. L Sparks. Yeah, L. Mm, even that is just the initial. Anyways, even just an initial. Dev had to looks be like very. A, the L initial looks like a boner. See? It's all De- fucked up. Devin had to be very careful. Very careful on, on uh, selection of, his, uh, of the name of his daughter. Yeah. But anyways, we, that, was a, that was like an hour-long discussion him and I had. Oh yeah, that's terrible. I remember we were coming over the, the coming over the mountains at the end, and we we're still kind of trying to go through them. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I think uh, I think it's time to bring on our guests. We got uh, Carlo Cannon. We got a man uh, waiting halfway across the world for us. Waiting for us. He's in the future, technically. He's they're in the future. They're like twelve hours ahead of us, or something like that. Less than twelve, but they're so ahead of us. What we're gonna do? We'll take a, a, a slight break. Dev, you're going to record a, uh, a commercial for us. You're going to carnate up real good. Okay. And we're, we're going to come back with uh, Carlo Cannon. All right. Listen up, motherfucker. COVID-19, you piece of shit. I come over to your house and fuck you up, motherfucker. I ain't dealing with this shit anymore. I'm going outside, goddammit. 
Outlaw bullshit. Your bitch want party with Cardi. Cardi a body in a Rari. Diamonds all over my body. Shining all over my body. Cardi got your bitch on Mali. And we're back. And uh, normally I do the introductions for our guests, but Dev, you got the pen on this booking. This man's halfway, halfway across the planet. Go ahead and uh, do the favors. Oh, man, dude, this guy uh, has been one of my favorites for a while. Met him a couple years back at uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And I've been following his career out in uh, out in Australia and then Malaysia. Uh, if you didn't know him from out here from TV, if you're not from Australia, you probably saw him when he suplexed a man from German suplexed a man from one continent to another. <laughs> this is uh, Cash Money, Carlo Cannon. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Hanging out, Carlo. Doing. You're taking this uh, this quarantine, this uh, this uh, COVID nineteen very seriously. You've got the most stylish <laughs> face mask I've ever seen. I've been uh, I've been wearing this for a while. I, I had this. I knew it was coming. I knew death was coming, <laughs> and I tried to warn everyone with the purge. I'm telling you, I'm purging. But uh, it looks like uh, nature did it for me. <laughs> I'm gonna take this bad boy off. <laughs> Good, I'm pretty sure you can make some money off that, man. A lot of them uh, face masks are getting popular right now. <clears throat> Facts. Well, you know, you boys, I'll give you guys a discount. It's only 1500 for you boys. Uh, <laughs> but you just go let me know, man. I'll, and uh, you guys pay for shipping. You know what it's like out here in Australia. We get nothing. Uh, now, Carlo, honestly, here. Quick question, Carlo. Follow up to what yeah. Devin said. Uh, I saw you throw a young man from, from post to post. <laughs> What's the story behind that? Did he not shake your hand in the back? Did he owe you some travel? What what was up with that video? Because that thing was gnarly. I popped for it. Um, it's it's actually quite funny. So uh, with the whole Malaysia stuff, I, um, one of the boys, uh, they come to Australia and started training at my school, and that's who I wrestled, Emon the Kid. And he's their, he's their golden boy, and he's hence called the golden boy. And I said, look, I'll come over and I'll have a play in Malaysia. I wouldn't mind... Uh, you know, seen what it's like over there. And uh, we got matched up against each other. And I said, he's always, he's a funny kid. Because even at training, he's like, I don't want to wrestle you. Like, I don't want to fight you. And he goes, you're, you're going to kill me. And I'm like, no, nah, man, like we're good. And um, all, I, all I had was the, uh, it's funny because I get up, I got really winded just before it. And I landed super heavy on something. And he goes off the top rope and jumps. And I'm like, I'm not going to move out the way too quickly, which I didn't. But once I was like, well, let, let's make him forget about how slow I moved by making him move really fast. There you go. I can see Dev right now, and I can see things falling. My stupid <laughs> fucking green screen is falling down five times, and I'm watching Hunter just laugh his stupid ass off. Hunter, I was get was going to fall and fold over you. Hey, Dip, this is the third time it's happened. All right, I'm sorry, guys. Let me go back to the story. So... <laughs> So he didn't want to wrestle you, and then you and then you you fucking sandbagged him on the way to the ring, <laughs> and then he, <laughs> and then you threw him to another continent. That was awesome. That was good. Yeah. So it sounds like you were listening really intently. Then I did the Golden <laughs> Boy over there, and then you said you ran you ran to the ring like Ultimate Warrior, and you were winded, and you said rather than, <laughs> yeah. rather than let this guy wrestle circles around me, I'm gonna I'm gonna concuss him in the first four seconds of the match. <laughs> Man, that, you're burying me like that green screen was burying you just then. God damn. <laughs> oh, man. No, dude, that was awesome. I saw that, and holy shit was that rad. I don't think I've ever done anything remotely that cool uh, in the ring. So, 
Good for it you, was um, it was really funny on our end because I said, "Listen, you know what I'm like," because I've done this before. Um, a few, like maybe, uh, uh, maybe last year, I think it was, or the year before, for this company called Underworld Wrestling. It's actually on Amazon Prime. So mm-hmm. if you guys mm-hmm. have Amazon Prime, you can check it out. And I wrestle one of my uh, another guy there, and he does a moonsault, and I I fake out, and I land behind. He lands in front of me, and I suplex him, probably not as far, but quite high. Mm-hmm. And so he had seen this. I said, look, we're going to do the same, but you just got to just trust me and you'll be fine. And then it's funny because he's going perfectly. And then he told me he freaked out last second because he's never been in the air for so long. And he had to look at where he was going. And when he la- when he looked to where he was going, he was like, oh, shit, there's the floor. And he landed on a bit on his side. But he was he was fine. But he was uh, <laughs> he goes, I can't believe I was that far. I'm like, yeah, man, I, I was I was surprised. Too. I was watching him like, going, oh, shit, that was me. That was me. <laughs> I, I saw that video. It was so funny because when I saw it, I, I'm first, I mean, you know, I'm admiring the German. I'm admiring this guy flying backwards through the air. And I go, oh, shit, I know that guy. <laughs> uh, but super cool. Super cool. Um, it was a bummer, too, because this is right before the coronavirus stuff uh, shit hit the fan. Like this was this was kind of like the last thing in wrestling that went viral. Yeah, we went viral the same day as that dude jumping off the second story in the mall or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember that went viral literally the same day. And I was like, oh, wow, we're both going viral, except he's got a lot of hate for, like, diving off a balcony in a mall into a ring. So yeah. that went viral the same day. But ours got zero hate. And I think it's because um, a lot of people were like, well, you can obviously say I'm not a, I'm not a shit worker. Like, I'm not terrible. <laughs> so you know that, like, I'm not trying to hurt anyone i think it was just spectacular the way everything kind of worked and i think when you're wrestling your students that kind of happens too but um the malaysian crowd is like i guess they hadn't they haven't seen wrestling like uh i pride myself on the violence that i have um lance i i'm so terrified of disrespecting and like upsetting lance at how i as how at how i wrestle so i'm so like adamant on everything has to look like death and i think we managed it with that one <laughs> well well for anyone that doesn't know you were were you his first student or just in the first class or so there was uh i was in the very first class there's only five of us in the first class so the the crazy thing was i had moved over uh when i was 18 to canada moved to calgary um i lived with a friend of a friend of a friend on a mattress in his in his computer room and it was so far south of Calgary that, like, like it was almost not Calgary. So, I mean, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I was 18. I just wanted to live this wrestling dream. And I moved out there. <laughs> and then I went to uh, I went to wrestle at the Hart Dungeon. That was where – that was my initial plan. And the reason why I went there was because – actually, Lance was my favorite wrestler. So he was one of my favorites because uh, I used to tape trade because we don't get much stuff here in Australia, obviously, especially back then. And I'd been watching ECW. I'd seen, um, like, Lance do a run-in on WCW, which we got at 3 a.m. in the morning here in Australia. So when I saw him, no one knew who he was. And because I knew and I wanted to be the cool kid, I'm like, I know that guy. That's my guy. That's Lance. And I just was like, yeah, I know everything about him. So he became my favorite, and I figured, well, I just want to follow in his footsteps, get trained at the dungeon, go to Japan, do all that stuff. And then when I went to uh, Calgary at 18 to, to see the Hart family, it didn't uh, 
Uh, it didn't work out. Let's <laughs> let, let's say that it didn't go to plan. It's it's been well documented. I got a lot of heat in my first year because of it. Um, but Lance happened to open up a school because I didn't want to come home. So uh, I got a visa. I got a job. Wait, 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 wait! I don't know the story. Why'd you get heat? Oh <laughs> well, it's out there. So basically, um, I moved when I was eighteen. So I was doing a lot of youth work from 16 to 18 uh, at this company called the, the Reach Foundation. So uh, my mentor there pretty much pushed me and inspired me to, to go, don't go to, don't go to university, go chase your dream of being a wrestler. You're passionate, go. So I contacted the Hearts at 16 and they were like, wait till you're 18, which I, I'm glad I did. So I did, I got my first job, saved enough money, did a fundraiser and moved to Calgary like at 18 not knowing anything about the world. My parents are Filipino, so you can imagine the um, the shock when I wasn't going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Um, <laughs> so I, I moved over to Calgary um, and met up with uh, the Hearts. Well, I met up with Bruce. So uh, I met up with Bruce Hart at a wing house uh, that Natty, Natty Neidhart worked at. So Natalia was working there at the time as a waitress, and she served us, and he ordered like like a mountain of wings. I've never seen that many wings in my life. We don't do bulk. <laughs> and I was like, man, and he just started telling me all this stuff. So I'm like, this sounds good. Like this sounds promising. And then four weeks later, uh, I hadn't heard anything about training. At this point, I already have a visa. I'm working uh, I'm working at Bilderberg Workshop. <laughs> That's my first gig over there. And then um, I already had a job, had a place to stay. And It'd been four weeks and I went to a stampede show and all the phone calls were like, have you spoken to Bruce? Bruce wants to talk to you. Have you spoken to Ross? And it was like back and forth for four weeks. Then I stayed at 2 a.m. at a uh, at a stampede show and waited and spoke to, uh, I can't remember which one it was. I spoke to some, one of the hearts uh, it was a, <laughs> and they, um, they pretty much uh, told me some really bad stuff. Like essentially it was like, we have no school. We just sold the heart house but we can train you in the grass for $5,000. And I was like, oh man, uh, <laughs> nah, I'm okay. And then they said a couple other things and I was like, uh, so I remember going home. Yo, it gets better. I remember going home, uh, my roommate picked me up and I was depressed, clearly. I'd lived my whole life at 18. <laughs> And I've been in a youth work, like youth work organization. So I'm like, everyone's super happy and everything's positive. So this was like my first, like, <laughs> like, you know, I haven't had real death in my family. I've been quite lucky. I've had adversity, but this was like the first, like, hey, buddy, you know your dreams? Don't worry about it because you're a dickhead. There's no point. Like, that's how it, <laughs> that's what it felt. So I was like, well, my roommate takes me to Denny's. And I'm eating like this Sunday depressed and he's like telling me it's going to be okay. And I'm like, please don't talk to me right now because you don't know what I'm feeling. I'm 18 and I'm young and I think no one understands me because I've teenage angst. So he, uh, I go home to email uh, my, my partner at the time and she wanted to stay together while I was away for the year. And oh, nice. uh, I, I checked my email to send her this like big, long, like heartbroken email, but she already emailed me. So I was like, oh, sweet, open it. Uh, turns out she wanted to confess that she had cheated on me at a formal uh, <laughs> oh, and then conceded, like put the lyrics to Goodbye My Lover um, right after. So to this day, that song, uh, it gives Classic. me like 
weird feelings. But so that was my first experience in Calgary. And I was like, look, I can't go home. I've spoken to like thousands of kids on end about living your dream and chasing it and facing adversity. So I'm like, I'm just going to stay and work at a teddy bear <laughs> workshop, right? Use my accent as much as I can and try to survive out here at $7.49 an hour. And... Um, <laughs> I was just very lucky that Lance had retired. Uh, he'd left, he, he was doing indie work and he wasn't doing stuff at uh, developmental and he decided to open up his own school. And I, being the excited boy that I was, put a $500 like check in an express post. I think I paid like $30 to express post it to his like PO box um, to hopefully be in his, in his class. And then I got a letter back um, probably within two weeks and I, I remember holding it up to the light and I looked through it and I could see my check and I was like, I didn't get in, but it was actually the receipt. So I was all right. And he sent me like a handwritten letter telling me that in his obviously biased opinion that I'm better off with him and uh, <laughs> that he was going to take care of me. And then the crazy thing was, which he still thinks is funny to this day, um, I lived around a corner from, he, from his house because Lance also doesn't like people too much. <laughs> so he lives very far south of Calgary. And he said, I can pick you up every day on the way to class because you're literally around the corner from my house. So he would pick me up and take me to class. And he also laughed that the PO box that I express post my mail to is literally across the road from me, which is his PO <laughs> box. So I paid for like $40 for a dude to literally take it and put it where I could have put it. So uh, he still if, thinks that's hilarious. If, if that... If that ain't the wrestling business, I don't know what I it know, is. I know, man. <laughs> right? That's my start. That's uh, Lance says, you have a story before you even started. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm made for this business then, right? <laughs> uh, quick question, Carlo. Um, we had uh, Mysterio's kid, Dominic, on the uh, podcast a few weeks ago. And he went to Storm's Academy uh, prior to coming back down to San Diego and training with us up at Level Up. And we, I asked him about the – because when you went to Storms Academy, was it a 12-week program? Was there like a uh, – you know, was it that kind of thing? Or was it one of those things where you just show up and you get to, you know, wrestle as long as you're paying? Or is it upfront money, 12 weeks, and you're in and out? So basically it was – so I've done Lancers four times now. So I did Lancers in the first time – uh, initially as, as a student um, and it's the 12 weeks you pay up um, he didn't have anything then it was literally just like I, I found I was living at that dude's place and it was 12 weeks Monday through Friday for three hours um, from 9 till 12 so that's what it was for 12 weeks and then I ended up coming back uh, I came I went home and then I came back for a holiday because I'd never seen Canada or Calgary or anything because all I did was work two jobs and wrestle so that's all I did so when I was on there for holiday for two weeks Lance blew his knee out um, wrestling in Japan and I there was literally I was leaving a few days later and I said to him I said to his wife actually because um, I became quite good friends with the family I said look I'm happy to cancel my flight home I can stay in Canada for six months without a visa um, and I can just take the bumps for Lance and she says look he's really stubborn He's going to say no, but could you please do that? Because that's going to help you. Like, his, his knee's bad. So I call Lance up and I, I offer it to him. And he just goes, yep, that'd be great. <laughs> Didn't even say no. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool, man. Look, I don't. I obviously, like, spent a lot of money with all this stuff. But I can get, you know, I can probably borrow money from home. Like, do you have a place I can stay? Do you know anywhere, like, with your hookups in Calgary? And he said to me, look, my, um, my kids love you. My wife love you. So if you want, we have a spare room in our basement. And you can stay with us for the six months. So I moved into Lancers for six months and then I helped him with two classes. Then I came back 
a few years later, uh, which was the class that uh, Tennille Dashwood was in, Emma. I did that class. And then I came back again and did the class that Peyton Royce was in. So um, I've done it, yeah, four times. And every time it's been um, 12 weeks, which was dope. Um, They didn't have a house then. They do now. I mean, not anymore, but Lance got a house for the students to kind of rent out of and all kind of live together. And then those that didn't get into the house early, he would have hookups around town that they could like pay rent and stay at. So um, eventually, because the classes got so big, uh, it went to four hours. And then he had an advanced one uh, where like some of the guys would come in on the weekend. So that was during when I was there and I would just help out wherever I could um, and like take bumps and get my ass kicked. And, you know, I learned, I learned a l- those, pro- no, no shit during that six months was where I probably learned the most. Cause one thing is like Lance is, is, is strict and harsh, um, but it's only for the best. Like it's not nothing personal. So like, I still remember this to this day, to this day, I remember we were helping, I was helping him teach a class. And he goes, put an armbar on. Now I've only been wrestling for like three months. So I'm still new. I'm still learning, still trying to get everything. He's like, an armbar and I'm like trying to figure out I'm like wait is it this one or this and I took too long to think about it and he goes he grabs me and he goes armbar and I'm like oh fuck and I just like killed me and I'm like <laughs> oh my god I'm like forget and like I just studied so much so like I learned so much because I was thrown in a deep end to help him teach um, so he made me like reinforce everything I knew and then I'd watch Raw and Smackdown with Lance and anything that like He'd make a comment on like something on Raw or SmackDown or something he didn't like or something psychology-wise or didn't make sense. And I'd sit there and I'd be like, I kind of knew what he meant, but I'd purposely like, what do you mean? I don't get it. And then he'd say it and I'd literally run downstairs to the basement later that night and write all these notes down. Actually, it's funny because I found the book just the other day. This is how raggedy, this is back in 2005. Look at it, it doesn't even have a cover, but it's literally <laughs> just full of like notes that I learned at Lance's um, and living with awesome. him. And just like... You know, and now that I'm teaching, I just pass everything on that I that I've learned. Well, I'll go real quick. Put your put yourself over. Put your dojo over. I don't think we talked about that yet, so we can go into more detail, Mike, before you ask your question. But put it over just so we don't forget. Yeah, so I have my own wrestling school. Been running for almost geez, like six years now. Uh, it's called the Vicious Pursuit Pro Wrestling and Performance Academy. Here's our little gimmick shirt. Uh, drop ki- body slams and drop kicks. Um, so yeah, I've been teaching for there for like G six years, and now with all this um, COVID stuff, man, like we're running online at the moment. So I've been te- I teach every single night on Zoom from seven till about nine nine thirty, maybe longer. Um, and basically, I got students from all over the world. So guys from Singapore, Scotland, Malaysia, all over Australia, they all tune in every night, and uh, we run like psychology match review. Uh, I teach them wrestling etiquette. Um, teach them like promo skills, character development. PJ Black was just on on Monday. Um, and a lot of the guys I've met, uh, like are going to jump on and help out. So it's just, it's just a way for us, I guess, to not only keep our business alive, but also keep the business alive and give these like guys hope. Like our school is more than a school. It's more like anytime that they come over, John Morrison was down and he said it looked like a clubhouse. And that's all it is, man. It's just like people show up and then they don't leave for ages. I'm like, yo, it's like, it's, it's, 10.30, man, like, we've, you've been here since 7? Like, go home, because, like, I'm... I, I, I set a point where I leave them the keys. I'm like, just lock up. Like, you guys know what to do. Like, you know what I mean? It's their home, so... 
if someone's interested, someone who's listening to the podcast, where can they find information on the dojo? Uh, they can just hit us up at Vicious Pursuit on Insta or on Facebook. And um, we get back to everyone through there. So um, if they want to stop and if there's any existing wrestlers that want to sit in, if you guys, hey, if you all ever want to sit in a class, you're more than welcome to, man. Throw some... Uh, some uh, tips and helps for some of the boys. I know uh, actually uh, LA guy joins in every every now and then when he can. Uh, Chris Cadillac. Um, oh, Caddy. Caddy. Wow. Yeah. So me and Caddy have been dude. friends for a long time. Um, and I just said, hey, bro, do you want to jump on? And he jumps on. And the the students made us do a promo against each other on the fly last Friday. <laughs> so I'll have to uh, send it to you guys. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. That'd be awesome. Uh, I don't know if you're, you, you know this, Carla, but you're talking to a first round winner of promo mania right there in front of that green screen. <laughs> he, he, he outshined Dan Danhausen. Oh, wow. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I have it. I, uh, uh, do I get a sample now? Some, you gonna... that is shocking. Uh, what can I say? What can I say? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> because you got to pay. It was a, it was a paid performance. You had to tip to be the winner and I got the most tips, I think. So, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll send it to you. It was, it was fun. Um, but they're doing more, they're doing more of those. So, uh, I got, I, maybe we'll get you in the tournament. I got a question. Carlos. So you go and do your, tw- your first 12 weeks and, uh, and then you end up staying a little bit longer. Are you working up in the area? Are you getting, uh, bookings or is it more just training? Uh, wh- you know, what was that? So, okay. Uh, we did the 12 weeks. So, I pretty much started in September, which was like my 19th birthday, and we worked all the way till December. And obviously, because this was brand new before anything even started, there wasn't the only place you could really get booked at then was Stampede Wrestling. So Lance got us booked. So Lance got my first three bookings, um, which were all awesome. So the first one, Lance was picking two students to have a match against each other um, at Stampede Wrestling, and they said they'd let him do an exhibition match. So uh, it was me and a guy named Jorge Trinidad um, from Puerto Rico. I remember him. He had amazing, <laughs> amazing promos. So we had a we had a match against each other, which was awesome. Um, and then my second match, uh, Lance was a special guest referee, which was insane. So for me, being like that fifteen year old Mark kid that just like you know, used to draw Canadian flags in his school diary, um, <laughs> you know, wanting to be just like him. Um, for him, like, to referee my second match and hold my hand up in victory, it was like, it was surreal. Like, it, the whole experience felt so surreal. But the memorable one uh, was my third booking was um, for this company <laughs> that was out in, like, the Canadian, like, native Canadian reserves, um, and they don't get much... Uh, wrestling up there or anything up there they get their welfare checks um, and then like pretty much they spend their money on groceries and a lot I guess the promoter figured that if he runs on the same like day that they get their checks then I guess they'll um they'll spend it on the wrestling right? Such carny, so you know carny wrestling, shit. <laughs> oh, wrestling promoters 101 right so um, <laughs> they'd reached out I, I don't know who reached out to who but Lance was going to drive us a couple hour drive up there for our booking so uh, we're driving up there now. When we get there, they're putting over like, yo, like how they've done radio for this and the feedback's been good and there's like hundreds of people coming. I'm, a, I'm like shocked. I'm like, whoa, really? Like my, my third match, like give me so many people. So, you know, <laughs> we're sitting in there and I'm like, all right. And like the the best I think that I love more than anything is watching people react like and interact with Lance. 
and Lance's face when they're doing so because it, it just kills me because I don't think Lance has a poker face and I think it's hilarious. So I can watch from a distance <laughs> as people are like saying stuff or dropping names or like bragging and he's just like doing his, his face. There's actually a, a name that we've coined for it, but we can't say because it, it, <laughs> it gives it away of who it's about. <laughs> but um, basically I, I make my entrance and go out to the ring and I fire up and it's literally like, uh, okay, there's five people in the crowd, but um, one's doing the ring and music and one's doing the bell. <laughs> um, and I think one's like security. So it was like two people in the actual crowd and then Lance up at the top of the bleachers filming on a handheld giggling, right? So <laughs> I go out there, have my match. And now my one of my proudest moments was that like I started firing up um, and working it because we we worked as if there was a, a million people in there, brother. And like I worked <laughs> I worked my butt off in there. And this guy in the front row, well I guess in I guess every row is the front row, but every row he's looking at me and he just I start like firing up and banging my leg and he's like he's clapping he's like this, and then he looks around and realizes he's the only dude. He made eye contact with another dude who started to clap. And then they put their hands down together and just kind of like nodded. But I had him. He forgot where he was. <laughs> working, right? brother. Was working. Claps. And I, I had him. I had it. That's when I knew I had it, guys. And then um, I have this. I had this spot back then that Lance would laugh at. It was my, my bum and feet. I'd hit two clothes on, zoop them off. I'd do a clap. I'd do a back elbow. I'd pin him. It'd always be a two. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That was like my thing. I'd always say it. Are you kidding me? Lance is filming. He's calling my spot and starts giggling. goes, are you kidding me? Like yeah, oh. I'm watching the footage back with him, and it's just like he's just ribbing me the whole time. But um, like we ended up leaving early. <laughs> we found a way to leave early because I got drop kicked in the eye. Um, because oh. like the dude just kind of misjudged it, which threw my depth perception off, and I hit the infamous cartwheel arana where you jump off the middle and go for arana, but it it's definitely not arana, but it looks like you're doing a, a cartwheel in midair. And then Lance was like, look, Car Carlo's eye's bad. We're going to take him to the hospital. And it was just a way to get out of there. But, um, yeah, they turns out, apparently, now this could be true, could be not, but uh, apparently there was a lot of kids that showed up, like two to 300 kids showed up at the bus stop to come to the venue. But the bus drivers got their check and went, didn't go to work that day because they already got paid. Oh. So... Damn. I don't know. It could that could be true. That could not be true. Either that way, sounds I think like it's a promoter story. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a promoter story, dude. Oh, sounds my third match. I, third match in. I had a I had a uh, I had a promoter. I think it was my second match, and um, pretended to have a heart attack in the back. <laughs> called called the ambulance. Yep. Because it was a lighthouse. Called the ambulance. The ambulance came. They wheeled him out and shit. I'm like, yo, where, is everyone getting paid? They're like, oh, he had a heart attack. Be, he has the money. <laughs> like, Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. I My odds are that he did not have a heart attack. <laughs> did, you but, get, uh, did you get your money? Yeah, that was that was fucking brutal. Did you get Did you get paid at least? Did he, Did he give you? I, money? Did, I did not get paid. No, oh. no, did not get paid. No, I don't think anyone did. I don't think anyone did. <laughs> well, he had to pay for heart surgery, bro. I was gonna say the guy had a yeah, heart attack. Give him a break. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, man. Hey, Carlo. Last time I saw you was a couple years uh, ago at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and uh, you were telling me the Australian wrestling scene was 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 good. Uh, it was it was going really well. Prior to all this, you know, COVID nineteen and this quarantine stuff, how was uh was it still was the scene still pretty good in Australia? Or how how's it looking down there? Uh, Australia's like 
I think it's like the next destination for everyone to go to. Like, if you haven't, like, Will Ospreay's been here quite a few times now and loves coming to Australia. Um, the scene's blown up, especially with all the guys that look like making making waves overseas. So, like, uh, Slex just signed to Ring of Honor. So he's, he's an Austra- amazing Australian talent. You had guys like, you know, uh, TM61 or TMDK with uh, Mikey Nichols and, and Shane Haste. Uh, or Shane Thorne um, they're over there in NXT doing their thing uh, same as like uh, Brendan Vink and and Bronson Reed who are in NXT so there's Australians all over the world uh, doing some amazing stuff Chris Weiss is uh, doing stuff in Japan who's an amazing talent uh, you got uh, Australian Suicide was one of my very first students back when I was teaching um, before my school and he was I had him when he was 16 and now he's he's there in Mexico AAA so um He's slowly growing, and pretty much before this all hit, um, I feel like we're on like the cusp of, bl- of blowing up. Everyone wants to come to Australia. The crowds are great out here. Um, it, it's it's hard because it's not like Aussies love their their pastimes. They love their cricket. They love their Australian rules football, and they're very very into that. And we're still pretty much a subculture. But their shows like drawing up like. At least to four to five hundred on indie shows on their big one stuff. So I mean, look, granted, it's not like you guys. We guys get to wrestle every single day if you wanted to, but um, and travel around. Like there's shows at least once. Like you could you could wrestle every week if you wanted to, but probably once or twice a week because there's there's shows interstate, and for us interstate isn't too expensive to travel. Like you could probably get from Melbourne, which where I am, in to Sydney for maybe like hundred bucks or so. So like, you know, it's it's not too bad to travel. It's like an eight hour drive. Um, so sorry, I think maybe it's twelve. I haven't I haven't driven there for a long time, but you know, you get to. You get to work around like the scene's growing. There's there's great companies all over all over Australia. EPW Perth is great. Uh, PWA in Sydney is is killing it with their production value and the guys that they're bringing out. Um, I wrestle for a few companies here in Melbourne. I wrestle for this company called Warzone Wrestling, which is awesome, and I wrestle for uh, a company called uh, BCW Battle Championship Wrestling, and they bring all like all the uh, internationals and stuff down. So um, that's how I got to meet most of the guys through there. <clears throat> did uh did underground go under uh yeah look they were running and then suddenly it just it just stopped out of nowhere like i mean mm. there was i'm not sure what was going on they did have a lot of financial backing and then they got the amazon prime deal um i was their champ and then i i broke i broke my i broke my arm and then um was out so nice sweet scar through here and broke my arm and then I had to relinquish the title um, and then pretty much as it came back I had a match and then it was pretty much gone and then yeah it, I have no idea what happened to be honest I had a lot of potential yeah I'm, yeah. when you told me about them I remember checking it out and they I think I don't know if they were like fully funded crowd funded or something like that uh, but it looked really interesting and I had a chance to check them out when they were on Amazon Prime and I thought it was really cool uh, I remember you were telling me when you were I don't it might have been right were you that you were champ right away basically right yeah i was the champ right away they had a they had a big story and whatnot and they were using a lot of my students and it was it was a really cool concept i actually uh, from my understanding and from what i was told is that we're going to sell this like a shoot like it's been running for a shoot the storyline's going to be like shoot ish but like you're still going to be you know um you know, within the world, like the realm of wrestling. So I was working at a nightclub at the time um, and like as security 
and I was telling people, yo, like, this is where I've been and, like, I've been doing this and I had told people, like, my friends and stuff that it was a shoot and that I'd been wrestling in underground scenes and doing all this stuff for a while <laughs> and everyone bought it. And, like, you know, I did a lot. Like, I felt like I did everything I could because I'm, like, the way that I've always been taught with wrestling and especially if you hold a title, it's, like, it's it's your, it, yes, your champ and it's your turn to hold the title, but it's up to you how special you make it. And any time I've gotten the championship, I go, like, above and beyond to make sure that that title is seen and then it's 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 felt prestigious. So, like, um, there was a time where I was uh, champion of the com- a company called Melbourne City Wrestling and, like, I was on, I, got, I was invited on a red carpet to this Moet Chandon uh, champagne party. There's only one in France and one in Melbourne every year. And I was on the red carpet with the owner holding the title, right, in a full decked out mm. suit. And the, the photo went everywhere. Um, I remember Layla from WWE, I was good friends with, and she was in town for WWE and she insisted getting a photo at my school with the title. So I've got a current WWE star taking a photo with your championship and it's champion. So I did everything I could do that. And Underworld, I did the same. Like I got a deal with a nightclub where they gave me a free table every week with bottle service as long as I showed up there with the belt if I wanted it. And I'm like, look, I don't really party that much, but we did a full hot video for it and I brought the belt in. They gave me a roped off area. There were fans showing up. Random people went in to get photos. And I just wanted to make this feel like special. And I feel like if we have like in this day and age of social media it's up to us to create our own hype and 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 put the effort in like any promo that you see me film online like i put like time and effort and hours and i just want it i don't know i feel like we have an opportunity with new technology and everything to make people escape from reality even more so why not put the effort in you know what i mean like i'm trying to keep up with all the all the young guns man like i went like i said when i went to canada in 05 there was nothing no one had even left the country and now like the the, the dream of even getting signed was like or even getting a contract anyway it was like close to zero especially it's someone that like i'm not the tallest human in the world so it's like you know i there has to be some way and i'm not I, I just don't take no for an answer. And that's one of the reasons why with my students and my kids, I give them everything I know because then mentally for me, it's like, well, if I'm giving these the students everything that I know and they have more opportunities than I had, that means I need to find a way to get better and, and have edge. And it keeps me on like on my toes. So like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to cut dope promos. And when I film mine, I'm going to make sure it's 10 times more dope than yours. I'm going to put so much more effort in. I'm going to edit my own videos. I'm going <laughs> to spend the money and do this. Like I'm going to make like that mask. Like I'm, I'm going to look at every single roster and be like, what are you missing? Do you know what I mean? You don't have, you don't have a dude that has a freaking tattoo on his hand of a skull just so he can pose and look really cool like this. Do you know what I mean? You don't have, um, you know, like I just look, I wear bright colors and everything's for a reason. So like, I love this man, just like you guys, like man. And even when I was at in, in Hollywood with you guys, oh, like that's some like the best time I've had in my life. Like that three months, I don't think I understand. Like I had no money. Like I came over there <laughs> broke and like and broken as a human it was like my last ditch effort to save uh, myself and um i was like i'm just gonna go and i literally booked a flight to la like for three months and i was like mm-hmm. sleeping on ty matthews like blow up mattress in his <laughs> in his apartment in his living room like um you like people like you guys and that company and like like you like that's why i still keep in contact with you guys is because you guys help really um revitalize who I was as a person and and as a wrestler and like I'm still here throughout everything and still going and still trying to compete with my young boys because they're very good they're too they're really good <laughs> scary 
Well, you know what's cool is you don't have to compete with them if you German them eight feet across <laughs> every time that you just get rid of the competition. Um, I know you were saying that you know you, you look at everything, all the different rosters, and see what they have, and you're like, what are they missing? What are they missing? Just take a look at Hunter real quick. He's got the red background. What is he missing? Because from here, it looks like just about everything. <laughs> I, I, I was going to try to think of something nice to say, and I couldn't. So I figured I'd talk to you. You're, you're a glass half full kind of guy. I'm, I miss the positivity. Think? Look look at him. Look at that smile. He's so, you, you just can't hate the guy. I can't hate him. I didn't know him, and I can't hate him. I like him already. He was laughing at you when that stuff was falling, so we're already on the same page. We both have the same humor. That's that's why he's trying to bury me right now, because I was laughing so hard at him. Ted, do you have the video of this thing trying to eat me alive? All right, perfect. We'll put that up on the... Excellent. Um, hey, uh, quick quick, quick question, Carlo. Actually, two questions. So, uh, How long have you been in the the wrestling business now? Uh, I think this is my 16th year. All right, sixteen years. We're uh, we're going hard. We're running, running, running uh, fast. In the ring, how many times you shit yourself? <laughs> how many times like like fully shit or just like a little bit shit? We're talking like we're, we're talking like confirm, confirmation. Like because I can't be the only one that's done this. I've never fully shit. God so you it. are probably by yourself on that one. Um, He's like asked so many a, people. A, no one has wow. shit their pants, Mike. I mean, look, I've been in a match where I'm not, was I in the match? A dude shit himself in the ring when I was in like a, it must, I don't know if it was a triple threat, but I remember um, the dude saying he shit himself and then the dude picked him up for a powerbomb and I was like, whoa, like he didn't realize. And that's when there was a confirmation. So there was confirmation on two parties that um, a shit had occurred. So it wasn't me. I didn't smell no shit. That wasn't. Who is this guy? Because he just got himself a podcast booking. <laughs> Yeah, man, you could, you could tame and be called the drizzling shits. <laughs> Dude, Mike has asked everyone since we've started this podcast, yeah, you everyone shits their pants in the ring. I'm like, no, Mike, <laughs> no one shits their pants in the just, ring. Just wait till we start getting some female guests on and I ask them that question. <laughs> I think I think the best part is your delivery because you, if the, I think if you say it casually enough, you make it seem normal. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. How about this? Here's, here's how you switch that up. Hey, when's the last time you shit your pants in the ring? <laughs> hey, what's <when'd> <laughs> When's the last time you shit your pants in the I'm ring? Go, hey, hey, man, how many times you shit, your, shit yourself in the ring? <laughs> not even ask if they have close. or not. That was close. <clears throat> um, was that your second question, Mike? Or your yeah, that was my two questions. <laughs> that was my two questions. <laughs> I gotta two. know. I gotta know how long somebody's been in the business for. Because I mean, longer the business, the better the chance. So, well, look, <laughs> let's let, look. Okay, so I'm worried now. <laughs> because I've been like I, I firstly I didn't know it was like a big thing but now I do but now because I've, I've been on a since this quarantine and whatever I've been on a I've been on a new diet and uh, it's been it's been interesting to say the least and now I'm a bit worried so I hope <laughs> like yeah I, I'm on I've been I've been trying this uh, carnivore diet that Joe Rogan there you go like mm-hmm. like talks about and the one thing he said in his podcast was um, never trust a fart. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I don't trust it. And I'm not going to. And um, I'm worried now when I wrestle that if I need to in the ring, then I'm in trouble. So we're just going to go home. Well, uh, where are you at right now? You said, are you still on quarantine? 
No, so I mean, I was in Malaysia when the lockdown started happening. So when I flew back into the country, I had to go into two weeks of isolation. Um, so I did that. And now I've just gone back uh, with my folks um, just so I can spend time with my family because it's we, do, we don't really get much time now that I'm trying to travel and do stuff with wrestling. So um, I'm back home at the moment, back in Melbourne. Yeah. Now, well, go tell us about that because you were telling me and I was blown away. Um, yeah. I, I, so it was crazy. I already like um, I've been very lucky that like uh, my sponsors in the back, OG Nerd, they're dope. Uh, sweet plug to them. They they've been looking after me a lot, and really we got a great partnership. And that um, you know, obviously with Malaysia and and their uh, their current climate and their economy, like uh, you know, we're quite we're better off in, in our countries quite in like financially. So um, I know the company is still growing. So I, they actually help in help sponsor me and the show for me to get over there. Um, so everything was covered. I'd gone there for my second trip to go over. And then as I'm pretty much arriving there, that's when all the stuff started hitting pretty bad. So all, all shows were starting to get canceled and whatnot. And I'm thinking I'm going to like, I've come here for nothing really because the show's going to get cancelled and what they ended up doing was they had a smaller event with less people so I believe they they were allowed to have at least 30, like maybe 30 or 40 people tops in one area before the full restrictions hit so we did a show in their little performance centre area um, and we did that there so I ended up doing the show which is really cool some fans travelled really far to come see me which which was awesome so the, the, the German suplex really hit um, you know everywhere over there which is dope so we did the show um, and then pretty much like my flight was cancelled on the way home and I didn't, no one told me except my, my travel agent ended up calling calling me up and going, hey man, like your your flight's been moved from Thursday to Saturday. I'm like, okay, is there a reason? It's like no reason they didn't even tell me. So I'm like, I went to go maybe get my flight sorted. I went to the mall to where it was and it was packed. Like everyone's, they must have cancelled everyone's flights. So I said, look, I'll just keep the next same flight. Um, and then literally two days after that, they they declared everything on lockdown. So uh, I, I caught up with my friends and then stayed in my hotel room for like three, four days, like three days. And the day I left, I was lucky because that's when they started it. Um, they put in like military patrol on the street because uh, people weren't listening. So the military was patrolling that you couldn't go in and out of buildings without the... Um, then testing your temperature, it was it was it was crazy. Every flight on the board when I was flying home was cancelled except mine, and I was like, they they might cancel my flight, and I might get stuck here. So I was lucky to get home, and I got home, and then uh, my auntie lives maybe like an hour and a half out of Melbourne. They live in Singapore, so they they're trying to sell their house, so they let me stay in the empty house, so I wouldn't like you know if I had anything get my parents sick or anything. So I stayed in this house for two weeks um, on my own, not seeing a human or anything. It was full on so um yeah it's been it, it's been pretty crazy um at the moment we're still on lockdown here at the moment you can't really do much um but it's not too bad like you can go get food and exercise and just your essentials really but you, yeah what do you mean exercise you mean go for a run or something right you can go okay. for a run and go for a walk you can't i technically because i'm a personal trainer down here i can do a one-on-one with a client but the rules are really confusing. So it's like they're saying that like you can only leave your house for four reasons, which is like going to work, uh, if you're going to the doctors, if you're getting groceries, or if you're exercising. But then we got retail stores open because they're trying to like keep the economy alive. But I'm mm. like, and, and hairdressers for some reason, the hairdressers <laughs> are open, but people are getting pulled over for not going on the central business. So I'm confused as to like if I'm going to get a haircut. It's not really essential, but they're open. So how, I, I don't know. So I'm just playing it safe and just not leaving. I'm just yeah, going to stay yeah. here and just like 
like figure out because there's there's still so much to do. Like I'm not, um, I I don't get bored. Like mm. I'm not a guy that gets bored. There's always something to do. So um, that's what I've been doing. Nice. Yeah, here uh, gyms are closed. I, I I'm in a tiny condo, uh, so I have no weights whatsoever. I've got some bands, and that's I've just been running like every day and push-ups and squats and 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 that's about it <laughs> running push-up squats anything i could do dips i do dips on the bathtub uh that's about it man but and i've it, lost the it, sad we, thing about it is he just became a body guy too i was just, just prior to all this listen to me i got myself a pair of high-waisted t- tights okay oh. became a body guy overnight overnight and was climbing the ranks and then uh now since the beginning of this stupid lockdown, I've lost 14 pounds because we can't even get, we haven't been able to get like meat, like good meat. Like we <clears throat> we can get a little bit here and there, but they sell out so damn fast at the store that like uh, chicken is gone, ground turkey's gone. Uh, I'm about to do, they have a couple websites where you can order like meat to your front door. Like Omaha Steaks is one that's out here. Well, they'll just you send them a hundred bucks and they'll just send you an entire freezer worth of shit. And I think that's what we're going to have to do. Um, but yeah, dude, it's it's uh it's rough over here. We're we're in abundance of meat over here. Like yo, like we good. Like I think everyone's kind of calmed down from the hysteria, and we've got like like I said, I'm doing the carnival diet. That's literally like yeah. there's meat yeah. everywhere. So we're okay. Like we're like that that I think we're quite lucky in that. So that's why when people are complaining that they're bored or they're complaining, about, I'm like, y'all are lucky. Like you're alive. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like it's it's this ain't forever. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's because we old and been around for a while that like. This is like it is what it is, man. I didn't. I grew up not having a mobile phone, man. Even though I look quite young, I keep telling people just keep thinking I'm twenty twenty something. So I'm like, y'all can think that. That's fine. So just don't out me. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Carlo, what's the? Uh, is there any uh, future plans after all this quarantine stuff uh, goes away and hopefully life resumes as normal? Uh, you, my plan, I was actually supposed to come and see you guys at the end of the year. That was my big plan. Oh, so really? I was going to come back and yeah, come back to LA and, and work and, um, travel around a bit and finish where I left off because I felt like I was doing quite well. Then, um, uh, it just disappeared. And then I was like, it's, I feel like it's one of those things, especially with you guys, you just got to constantly be in everyone's faces. And I felt like after three months, um, a, a few people had heard who I was and what I was doing and I was like, cool, got momentum. And then I had to come home. So, um, I, I'd, I'd like to come over and do some more stuff. I do still want to plan my domination and takeover of the South, Southeast Asian <laughs> countries. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was just in talks with going over to Singapore, uh, after I'd finished in Malaysia and the Philippines as well. So, um, you know, being a, I can speak fluent Filipino or Tagalog, so I can go over there and abuse them all in my native tongue. Um, I was born here in Australia, so my parents just taught me, you know, how to speak it. So, I mean, I was talks and going over and doing stuff over there. So that was the that was the plan and still is a plan. I think um, there's a market over there that's it's quite untapped and uh, a lot of potential. And I think if you show them what to do and how to do it, um, they'll get there. And I think, uh, you know, they're, they're half of them are tuning in on my on my classes every night, which is dope, um, and just keen to learn and keen to wrestle. So um, there's a lot of potential, man. If y'all get a chance, head over. I'll meet you guys over there, and we can uh, tear it up. Might have to do that. Yeah, I'm Come in. Come here I'm while, in. You're, while you're at it. Yeah, yeah, I'm already there. You guys have meat, so I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> 
Devin's uh, Devin's already conquered Japan in one tour. One tour, he conquered Japan. One tour, that's all it took. You know that. Carlo knows this. You don't have to. I know, he's a kaiju king. Man. I know, I know. And now he's got to start hitting up the uh, the Pacific Islands, basically. Well, I don't want you to get jealous, Mike, but we were supposed to be the, the cash money kaijus at one point in time. Facts. Is that what we were supposed to do? No, not you. Oh, I got cut out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this was long before you, brother. This was the oh. cash money kaiju. Look at me, dude. Look at me, look at him, look at you. What is that beard thing going on? Dude, we both got a good... We got our facial hair game going. You look like the quarantine happened for you three years ago. And just like that, he throws Carlo you down, man. Mike. I would love to go back to singles, so if you want to pick up that tag team, <laughs> he's yours, brother. Let me tell you, he is a handful, though. <laughs> Oh man! Wait, uh, give us give us a st- oh. Act- let me do this. All right, I was messing around with uh, with Carlo earlier over uh, over text, but I think he it worked out a little bit in some of his storytelling. What was the name of the segment I wanted to do? Uh, something about because you you were dropping names or something. I, I was. Know what it was <laughs> we were talking. We, we were talking. <laughs> we were talking about um, the layoffs and stuff like that, and just current news. And, uh, and Carlo was like, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I was texting with him. I was texting with him. So I, I, was the, I don't remember the name of the, the segment, but it's I the uh, it was. Cash the Money Kaiju's something segment. Basically, where, where Carlo drops names. <laughs> he, he was dropping <laughs> lots of names. So, so my, let's just do this. We got four guys here. Uh, Mike, start us off. Just name any name in wrestling, and let's see if Carlo knows the guy. <laughs> I think, I think a, a good name of this of this segment is Carlos drops names. Carlo, Carlo drops, drops names. The, Carlo drops um, names. I'm about to drop you in your head. <laughs> uh, let's see. Give me. Uh, I got it. Let's see. All right, Make Jerry it Lynn. Jerry Lynn. Nah. See okay. what are you talking about? I, I you got, it's got to it's got to be someone you, you can't Your be older than him. Fail. Your segment is a fail. First come name, on, the toilet. What? Do you, come on. What, what is there like a certain uh, time frame here that I got to give well, him? No, like, I he mean, just someone, happened, like he would. We were just talking about the layoffs, and he happened to mention like <laughs> two people that I happened to talk to, and I was like, he was asking if I'd spoken. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I spoke to Lance about it, and you know, whatever. Then he mentioned something else. I'm like, oh, well. I, I had spoken to them too. Like it just, it was just dumb luck. It's like, oh, I guess we're dropping names. I'm like, wait, how, how? So, this is well, I mean, okay. Since basically, I already stumped, uh, stumped Carlo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. With uh, with so so you've you've talked to Lance ever since all these uh, layoffs, and now they say the agents or producers have been furloughed. Furloughed. Furloughed, yeah. Okay, so so basically, he, he's got a job back open when he. I, uh, I'm not too sure. I didn't really go into it too much. Like, um, I had spoken to him just like literally a few hours after it was announced. So I just wanted to check in on him and make sure he's all right. And um, he's he was obviously um, bummed about it, but he's always so like always thinking about others, and he's always like you know some others people have it worse than me. So you know I'm more worried about them. So it was it was more of like. More of that. So uh, just checking in and make sure everything was all right. Like, um, we must, I, and I messaged quite a few of my the friends and stuff that I knew uh, in the company and hoping that their jobs were safe and just gave them, just wish them good energy and good luck and, and just hope everything's all right. It's just, I can only imagine what it's like to lose your job at such a scary time, especially one that's considered, I guess, a dream job for most of them. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if, if it's furloughed or not, but, um, you know, it just is more along the lines of like he closed his school down for it and, mm-hmm. um, you know. Shit. Yeah, because he just closed that school down, what, uh, four or five months ago? Yeah, four months. I think he was only at WWE for four months. Jeez. Um, and he's we- so good. I can't even tell you, man. He's so good. 
Oh, I bet. Just gets it. Um. So okay, Dev, go ahead and drop a name now. Uh, (laughs) TJ Perkins. I haven't met TJ actually. You'd think so. You'd think so because we're both Filipino, but I haven't haven't met TJ before. No, see, your game is like um, you know, you just want to say wrestling names. (laughs) Hunter, who you got? I actually do have a question I wanted to ask because it's a fellow Australian. And uh, I was just going to see if Carla knew him or not. He was actually in Japan when I was training over there. Um, but he started in like the 90s. And he actually had like the same story you have, which is crazy. He left Australia and then he went. Yes, yeah, it's crazy. Left Australia and he actually trained at the Heart Dungeon. And now he's over in Japan at Okinawa. And he's wrestling over there. And so I was just going to throw the name out, see if you would know him. If you didn't, it's whatever. I got I stumped Carlo again, but uh, he, his his name his name is Brian Cannon, and he goes by Dingo. I've see I, okay, so I've heard of him, and he's a good friend of one of my friends here in Australia, but I've never met him. But okay. I do I I have heard of him, and um, I've only heard great things and good stuff about him. So yeah, he he um, wrestles. He's really good friends with a guy uh, in Queensland. I'm friends with him, Mason Childs, and he wrestles as a like the Australian Wolverine or the Australian Wolf. Uh, he's gonna kill me for not remembering that, but yeah, they go over and they work together. In Japan. Yeah, he he was one of the first. Whenever I started, cause I was stationed over there, and so when I got stationed over there, I started training in Japan. And he was one of the. He was thank God he was the only one that was there because he could speak English. Everybody else couldn't speak English. Very <laughs> Is, that like the Marine getup? Is that the Marine get up over there? Is that why you're? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I'm feeling the gimmick. I got you. Oh, thank you, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, he was he was really nice to me again, just like what you're saying. And uh, he like basically like, kind of took me under his wing while I was there. So it was it was really cool to be able to train under. So it was it's cool to be able to talk to a, another fellow Aussie, I guess you could say, and just see if you we adopt you people, guys, man. That's what we do, man. We 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 see people and we just adopt them. I think I adopted half that <laughs> chanty wrestling from Hollywood roster, and just like in, like forced myself into that roster. And just like I'm pretty sure I was on that page, your staff page, for like three years, and I hadn't even been there for like. <laughs> ages and i think everyone just kept me in there <laughs> just because you know but um i love that like yeah we do that we adopt people and we just um we we, we we're a friendly group <laughs> it's cool though man, i i enjoy listening because you and him again you kind of guys kind of got like the same story but just listening <clears throat> to your to the grind that you're saying you know like go like spending your money to go to Calgary and then just your last dime to go to LA and so I just want to say man respect the hustle dude for real oh man much love thank you appreciate it I think it's I think Marquez said that to me Dave Marquez when we were having a meeting one time in in LA after championship wrestling um he said he's like you've done more in three months here uh than like most people that live here do it's like you've gotten buzzing you're doing all this stuff and i was like we don't get opportunities in australia very often um and we're not looked at because we're so far away and people don't want to make the long 20 something hour trip out here so you know and then to get someone a visa or whatever is like hard work so we really when we get opportunities or we go over there we know the time is valuable and it's like we just got to work and look that's not to say that everyone's like that i assume that most australians like that because we don't like we, we get to wrestle you know i wrestle every single day because we're, we're training but 
you know, there's guys that like wrestle once a month. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I'm sure there's guys like that over there, but the opportunities just aren't, aren't as readily available as they were. So when you get an opportunity to, to do something, you're like, I'm running with this. And it doesn't matter if it's um, an opening spot or if it's like whatever, you just take it and run. Like uh, when I got the opportunity to tag with Shamrock, that really helped my career as well. Um, and that, look at him now. He's in TNA. Like he's, I mean, he's an impact. Like Shamrock went from like, you know, the, the promoter literally talked him out of like retirement to come do a show. And then literally that night they decided to give him the straps and then they they chose me to do it that night as well. And it was just all all luck. Um and it all worked together and um now like um see there's a name you could have dropped. You didn't say that one. But um <laughs> I, I was <laughs> trying to mention one that you hadn't mentioned via text or uh, on here. So Oh yeah. <laughs> you just throw me underneath the bus. Is he is he always like this? Just well, like trying to bear part, everyone? Part, Part of the show is we bury ourselves. So before the end of oh, the, you I haven't heard you bury yourself once. So I don't know about that. You've buried the rest of us. That's fine. Look at my look how dark that's my skin color is now, man. I'm covered in dirt. God damn, I'm oh. dropping names. That, that's because how 45 minutes of every episode is dedicated to me not being a wrestler after this quarantine's over. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bodyguard now. So I don't know. I can't yeah, compete. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, Dev, we're coming up on uh, 60 minutes, man. We're basically going want- Iron Man. Cool. Yeah, I just want, I want to get a, I just want to get a story out of uh, Carl. Just you have a story that a cool road story or something that was you know a weird situation, something funny, something with a happy ending. Give some give everyone a, a reason to laugh right now. A reason? Well, I can tell you one of the million stories of how Lance would constantly rib me when I was living with him, and still constantly ribs me. Like Lance, I don't know. If maybe that's why I like to keep me around or thinks I'm hilarious because he would. I can't not sell stuff. Like I try not to, especially with him. He'll purposely do something to to like to shit me or do something and get a reaction. Like I have, I have a million. Like even for instance, like um, we were having, like I was very lucky that it, after that that abysmal uh three-person massive draw show that we had um on the way home he he was like you know what are you doing for christmas and i'm like yo i'm sleeping in like i get to sleep in because like i've been working two jobs in wrestling and like i haven't seen i worked in the mall so i hadn't seen the sun for ages i got there before the sun got up because i live so far away before i went down like and i'd leave at night so he's like (laughs) well you live around the corner from my house we're having a big family christmas dinner you're more than welcome to come over and this is before i lived with him so i was like oh man like yeah i'll be there and me being the um the 18 year old uh confused child that I was I'm like what do you wear to dinner with Lance Storm who's your, your hero but he's also like sees you as a friend now and a student so um what do I wear so I wore a fucking suit because I'm an idiot <laughs> so I wore a suit to Christmas dinner they're all like in jeans and casual gear he opens the door and he goes hmm you look nice and I'm like ah excellent <laughs> so we're having dinner um they do the bonbons and stuff and then like um, the the crack and he puts he, they, he has, everyone has to wear the the paper crown so everyone's wearing it and then slowly everyone's like taking theirs off except me and I, I'm not allowed to take mine off and I'm like okay that's that's fine I guess I just leave it on and then they saw they had this thing called like a a lint shaver now I've never we don't have lint shavers in Australia right I don't know what the hell that is it's like a motorized thing where like it sh- like it gets the lint off it's got like a propeller in it and I'm like. Lance says something like, oh, that'd be funny if I put it on your head. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it would be funny. And everyone laughs. And then Lance gets up after, like, while we're eating out of nowhere and literally puts it on my head. And I feel like it feels like it rips. 
And everyone laughs. He goes, ha, it was funny. And I'm like <laughs> rubbing my head going, what, what just happened? And I'm like, I can't say anything. You know what I mean? That's just like normal. And then like I'm in his car. Um, here's a good one to finish off with. I'm in the car. We're coming back from the airport from dropping a student off. And I'm like, I've got all these coins because I used to catch the bus everywhere and I, I still did. So I've got this massive hand of coins and I'm counting to see how much I've got so I can go to the bank and switch it. And I can see Lance looking at me and Lance likes to do this thing where he takes his hands off the steering wheel just to fuck with me. And I'm like, hey, like hold the steering wheel. Like I'm nervous. So I'm looking at the coins counting and then Lance looks at me and I can see him looking. I'm like, what's he, what's he going to do? What's he thinking? So he smashes the brakes real hard and all the coins fly everywhere like everywhere they bounce off the freaking thing hit me in the face i'm like there and he's laughing like laughing i'm like really and he thinks it's hilarious i'm like look at the coins so i'm picking them all up and i bend down to pick it up hits the brakes again i smash my head on the on the on the glove box thing i'm like and he's laughing three times this happened before i learned right we get home so back to his place and i'm opening the car door and i'm getting all my coins and i just hear him yell it's like Hurry up, you're late for dinner. Tina's getting pissed off. I'm like, oh, so now, now I'm in trouble because I'm late to dinner because I'm getting all my coins. And like, he was like that constantly. There were so many things where he would like tell me to help get the water out of the car while it's snowing. Then he locked me out. Then he moved the camera to the door while we're doing promo day. And everyone's like watching me get locked outside in the, in the, in the snow while he's laughing. And then we're rewatching back the promos. And I'm like, what's this? Why is it filming the door? And then there's me looking like a dickhead in short shorts and a tank top in the snow, struggling to open a door, thinking no one's watching me and having a tantrum when really he was filming me the whole time. And this is like one of like a million stories I have of the ribbing. But as, as Lance said, you know, if, that means he likes you. So I guess he must have loved me in that hey, case. There you go. But yeah, that's, that's uh, cool, that, there's some stories for you. Thanks for having me on, boys. That was fun. Hey, thanks for hey, coming on, dude. Carlo, appreciate it, man. You got a great attitude towards the business, and you're a, you're a pleasure to be around in the locker room, man. I remember that we you know we only spent a, a day or two up at championship together, but, man, I remember you were, you were a great person. You had a great personality and, and always positive up there, man. So thanks for coming on, man. Put, be, thanks, man. Go, thanks, guys. Really put, appreciate put, it. Push your social media channels one more time. Push your, uh, push your school one more time where people can find you online right now. And if you have like um, a so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tees, say it, or merch, I'm gonna say my American accent because um, the problem is when I say Carlo, people don't understand what I'm saying. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my name's Carlo. They're like Tyler. I'm like, no, 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 uh, Car- Carlo. Oh, Kyler. So no, no, it's actually Carlo. My name's Carlo. So that's when I talk like I'm from. I'm like, oh, my name's Carlo Cannon. So that's um. So you can find me at um. You can find me at, at Carlo Cannon. On Instagram and Twitter and uh, any social media, just type in Carlo Cannon and uh, you can find me at a superstore or whatever where you use your debit card and credit cards. Yeah, so um, that's that's how you sound like to me. So, yeah, um, and, and at Vicious Pursuit for my school, same thing. Okay, cool. Right on, man. Um, fucking A. That was a good man. That's a good American American accent. I I, I never knew that like kind of uh, existed. That's a perfect so. California accent. Southern spoke better than me. <clears throat> yeah. Anybody speaks better than Hunter. <laughs> he has an accent too. I like it. But, I try. All right, Carlo, man, appreciate it. Thanks again, Dev. Thanks, great boys. Booking. You guys are awesome. Carlo, nice meeting hey, you, bro. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Stay Peace. safe out there. See you, boys. Get a hand Better tattoo. Buddy. So we match. <laughs> thanks brother thanks guys uh, 
Dev, I would do I would do a, a question or two, man. But we're uh, we're running long here. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think we're done, brother. I don't have anything yeah. left. I think that's it, man. Uh, we talked huh? Thanks for tuning again uh, to this episode of the Hogsman Podcast. Uh, again, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Hogsman Pod. Uh, go check out Promo Mania again. Watch Devin dominate, and then he will uh, eventually <laughs> carry our team to the finals. <laughs> Uh, and uh, thanks again pub beer cheap fun beer go buy yourself some what's up and uh, if you want to listen to us please check out uh, Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Podcasts we're on multiple platforms and thanks again Steel Cage Radio we're on their uh, platform Dev what else am I forgetting anything that's it dude that's everything all right, Ted, do we got we to gotta get anything else in yeah so hogsmanpod.com several ways to subscribe and uh, also search for us on YouTube. We put, uh, we've put we been putting up a handful of clips every week from the show on our YouTube page. We'd appreciate uh, the subscribe. Drop stuff on there every week. Hogsman Pod, search us out. Find us. Excellent. Uh, hey, Dev, if uh, if somebody just wants the tip, what do they got to do? <sighs> got to take the whole hog, brother. Excellent. All right, adios. Thank you. I've got big balls. I've got